On this episode of Money with Friends, why it might be time to look outside the U.S. for the best stock market investments. It is Wednesday, August 12th. This is Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I'm certified financial planner, Bobby Rebell, host of the Financial Grown-Up podcast, coming to you from my very grown-up kitchen in New York City. Hi, I'm Jamila Souffrant, Journey to Launch podcast, coming to you from Brooklyn, New York. This is the Money News Show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape, like top-rated podcast host Jamila Souffrant of Journey to Launch, who, by the way, recently hit 1.7 million downloads, but who's counting? We break those stories down into what matters to you, our friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. By the way, this episode of Money with Friends is sponsored by NordPass. Let the NordPass password manager remember all your complex logins, autofill online forms, and generate strong passwords stress-free. It's only $2.49 a month. That's crazy. That's cheaper than coffee, guys. You also get an additional month free. Um, Go to nordpass.com forward slash MWF or use the code MWF so that they know that we sent you and you can support the show and we need your support and we love having the support of Jamila here for the second day in a row. Welcome back. Thank you for having me again. We are going to be talking today about investing in non-U.S. stocks. Is that something you've been hearing a lot about? I feel like it's just starting to, it's, it's kind of been out of fashion for a while. Yeah, but I think based on the article and trends, you can see why it's coming back and people are talking about it more. Yeah, I think so. Let's see which one of our our friends is going to lead us into the headline. This is Trey from TrueTrey.com. The money talking party starts now. It's time for Money with Friends. All right. So title of the article, Why It Might Be Time to Invest in Non-U.S. Stocks. This is by Dan Weil. Hope I'm saying your name right, Dan. Um, Stocks in foreign developed markets as well as emerging markets have greatly underperformed U.S. shares for years, pushing U.S. stock valuations far above foreign valuations. Even last year, when stocks were strong worldwide, the average U.S. stock mutual fund or exchange traded fund rose 28%, outpacing the average international stocks fund at 23%, according to Refinitiv Lipper data. This year, U.S. stock funds were down 2.1% on average through July, and international stocks were down 5.5%. Now, the question is whether valuations, along with shifting global economic fundamentals, make foreign stocks an attractive investment. Perhaps finally justifying the long-held advice that U.S. investors keep at least a portion of their portfolio in overseas shares or funds. Many investing professionals say the answer to that is yes. If you're investing for the next 10 years, valuations are compelling to invest overseas, says Stephen Violin, a portfolio manager at FL Putnam Investment Management company in Wesley, Massachusetts. On the economic front, many countries are further along than the U.S. in emerging from the coronavirus lockdowns. That has helped put some of their economies in a stronger position than the U.S., many investing pros say. Numerous countries also have adopted successful economic stimulus plans. Some investment managers are particularly enthusiastic about emerging markets where stocks already have outperformed their U.S. counterparts over the past three months. With a long-term view of where the world growth is likely to emanate from, emerging markets is where you might like to place your bets, says Karim Ahmed, a financial advisor at Serity Partners in Chicago. 
They have young and vibrant economies growing faster than developed markets. The labor pools of emerging market countries should grow faster than those of developing nations, providing fuel for economic growth because emerging market nations have younger populations than developed countries, he notes. Let's just pause for a moment because that's a lot of information that I think is really interesting. I mean, we're talking about not just things that are tied to the pandemic, but big shifts in where these economies are going and the demographics, right? Yeah. I mean, even the note about the younger demographics, um, that there are more younger people in these um, emerging countries makes sense. I read an article, um, I think I'd sent this to you as a potential one about Social Security in the U.S. Um, not really uh, being able to be sustainable. And part of that reason was there was actually not as many people being born um, nowadays, um, which was actually surprising to me. And that the younger generation, like it's not as much um, or it's, you know, we're not it's not enough to support kind of the, the older generations that would need the Social Security. So that to me is all interesting. And it's almost like I'm curious to like also just dig deeper into why that that is. Absolutely. Let's by the way, apologies for that. We do record this show live. All right. We do have comments from our audience. We have Kevin here. Um, do you want to grab that comment, Jamila? Sure. It says, I can see the rationale. The U.S. Uh, has the U.S. Um, dollar has risen dramatically due to the global pan panic. However, given macro trends are falling. It can make sense to hold at least part of your portfolio in international companies. Yeah. And I think emphasis on part. We're not talking about shifting so much out of U.S. stocks into foreign stocks. We're talking about an, an asset reallocation, um, maybe putting a little more in international stocks and maybe thinking about having less in, you know, and we're reading select parts of the article, I should say, but a lot of the philosophy is not necessarily to have less in U.S. stocks, but maybe less in areas that aren't expected to perform as much. And one area that a lot of experts have been talking about is fixed income, because as rates are literally at historic lows, rock bottom, you're not really getting the safety that you might normally be getting in a fixed income because, unless we get lower into negative territory, I don't even know. I don't even know how you could possibly really get real returns and you're certainly not getting returns in cash. So the idea is maybe start looking internationally with things that you might have had in areas that aren't really expected to perform as well. You might, maybe you would put some from US stocks in there, but it's not a question of you know, divesting out of all US stocks. It's not that kind of thing. It's just a question of maybe making it part of your portfolio. Right, right. The article from the Wall Street Journal goes on to talk about market psychology. And let's just read a little bit about that. It says psychology will also play a role in lifting foreign stocks compared to U.S. stocks, says Jeffrey Kleintop, chief global investment strategist at Charles Schwab. Quote, it's almost more behavioral than fundamental, he says. After a decade, whatever markets led in investor expectations get high in value and then recession resets expectations. Where expectations were highest, valuations come down the most. Market history has played out that way for the past 50 years, with the direction of U.S. and foreign markets flipping at the end of every economic cycle, which often lasts about 10 years, Mr. Kleintop says. So he anticipates foreign stocks will outpace U.S. shares for the next decade. And I've actually had the pleasure of interviewing Mr. Kleintop when I worked at Reuters. I think he's very, very smart. Um, again, we are not giving anybody our investment advice. We're reading what he's saying, but it does make a lot of sense that 
international has been out of favor for quite some time, and therefore the valuations make it much more affordable to get in. Words U.S. stocks, um, by some measures, have been rising, some people say irrationally, given that we have this um, recession going on, so many people out of work, and yet stocks have continued to rise, albeit the indexes are focused on industries that are not as negatively impacted, impacted like technology and pharmaceuticals, but you still have this sort of disconnect going on with U.S. stocks. Yeah. And um, so, you know, the correction, as he says, like that happens and um, and can last for 10 years. I think, you know, um, I'm curious to know. So that would make then wouldn't it make since the last recession or the market in 2008 crash that 2018 would have been still the time that emerging markets would have been outpacing? Maybe I read that part right. wrong, you know, like, but wouldn't that have meant that then the past 10 years, then unless he wasn't talking about this last recession or yeah, I think that there's a there's a flip back and forth every 10 years is what he's saying. Yeah, okay. So it's it's tricky. But but there's also I mean, I think earlier in the article, you're talking about the demographic trends. And I think that's also a really interesting thing to watch. Now, we did put out to our, our Instagram audience a quick question on this. And we the 